This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon, Jane, for Libby. Nice to have you along today. Well, we're wondering if there will be a mail strike on Monday. If there is, does it even matter to you if Canada Post workers walk off the job or if the Crown Corporation locks them out? We want to hear from you this half hour, 416-360-0740, We know a lot of you Zoomers out there, especially older Zoomers, rely on your mail delivery. And in fact, we're quite upset a few years ago in 2013 when the former Conservative government announced the phase-out of door-to-door mail delivery. The Zoomers group CARP has been advocating to keep door-to-door mail delivery. Is it relevant? Canada Post. We want to hear from you. 416-360-0740 or one 740 With the advent of the internet, with the way we deliver packages by courier, UPS, Federal Express... Maybe you don't see the need to get your mail at your door anymore, or mail at all for that matter. The Canadian Union of Postal Workers strike mandate runs out at midnight, but it is still unclear whether a deal will be done before the deadline or whether another extension is in the works. Hassan Youssef is the president of the Canadian Labour Congress, and he joins us now on the line to discuss what could be going on behind the scenes. Hassan, what do you make of the postponement of Cup W's 10 o'clock news conference? Well, you know, Jane, uh, collective bargaining is always uh, complex and challenging at the best of times. And the, the parties, I know, have been engaged very diligently trying to reach an agreement and um, the government of course have been monitoring uh, the progress in bargaining. And I think the reason for the postponement of the press conference is that uh, the government of course is trying to assist the parties in guiding them to negotiate it freely a collective agreement that would represent the interest that they've identified in this set of bargaining and I know that um, they have been talking to figure out uh, given the time frame that the strike mandate would expire, what can be done to ensure that obviously there's no disruption in in the services, but more importantly, how can they uh, continue the bargaining to to get to a collective agreement? So uh, these things are complex and difficult, and the government is trying to work both with Canada Post and the union to try and get them to the right spot to ensure that they can continue to negotiate. So in your expertise, do you think that maybe negotiations have resumed quietly? Because we do know, at least on the surface, they were saying yesterday that talks had stalled. Well, um, I could tell you I've been uh, been talking uh, both with the union and, of course, um, uh, uh, um, of course, staying in touch with the government. And the union is uh, determined, of course, to negotiate uh, uh, an agreement uh, with, with uh, simply with them and the corporation. And the mediator has been playing an important role. Uh, these things, of course, given all the issues that it still has to be dealt with, um, 
there's no possible way they can get this done within the time frame of now and the deadline. So um, they have to focus what is needed to 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 get this. And the, the government, of course, are trying to identify someone that they believe can go and assist the parties to um, uh, to try and, of course, get to the right spot to reach a collective agreement. So that's what uh, I think is happening right now. Is the Canadian Labour Congress playing a role in all of this as well, or you're just... Um... No, we always play a role. Uh, this is, of course, an important affiliate in our family of unions, and uh, we want to do everything, of course, to avoid a disruption in the service, and more importantly, to encourage both sides to try and uh, facilitate a, a new renewal of a new agreement. Now, if Cup W does not issue a 72-hour notice of strike activity by midnight, then the union has to seek a new mandate from their membership for job action, right? And this, this could be quite a process, a lengthy process. Yeah, it could be. But, you know, I always um, take these things uh, with, with a grain of salt. Uh, that might be necessary. But equally so, uh, if there is a, a good intentions to uh, reach an agreement, that, that would be the thing that's much more preferred than to try and seek a new mandate. And, of course, the union would have to ratify that agreement. And I know I spoke to the union president this morning. Uh, their desire, of course, is to negotiate a new agreement, and they're truly focused on figuring out how they might be able to make that happen. Uh, should the government um, provide some additional assistance with some expertise that might might be able to bring them together? So tonight's deadline, the midnight deadline, might not be uh, as big of an issue as it would appear to be. Exactly. And, you know, the union has made a commitment uh, both to the government that for seniors and others who are receiving uh, important um, uh, payment from government, they will continue to make that uh, delivery. And I think I know at least the both parties are trying desperately, of course, to kind of address all the issues that they need to within the time frame. But I don't think it's possible for them to do that within now the deadline that is impending. We're more or less in the same situation we were in uh, in July last month. Both sides appeared to be on the brink of a labor stoppage before agreeing to two more months of negotiations. What's to say that we won't be, if they decide to bypass tonight's deadline, who's to say we're not going to be in that same position in two months from now? Well, there's no assurances that uh, anything magically would happen, but I can tell you from experience in collective bargaining, um, if the parties are determined that they want to reach an agreement, it's quite possible they can do so without having to have a lockout or a strike at the same time. And uh, I know for a fact the union president assured me their desire is to reach, of course, a freely negotiated collective agreement with the corporation. And I, I think there's a desire on the corporation's part, of course, to do that equally so. We're speaking with Hassan Youssef, president of the Canadian Labour Congress, about uh, the stalled talks between Cup W and Canada Post. Here on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back, Jane Brown in for Libby's Nimer. Now, negotiations have been going on overall for nine months. We know even from yesterday that there was quite a gap in positions between the union and the Crown Corporation. What in your estimation, needs to take place for this for this gap to start closing? Well, one, of course, um, the employers have issues on the table that uh, they want, of course, the union to address, and the unions equally so have issues that they want the corporation to address. This, of course, agreement will cover three years uh, for both sides, and um, when these negotiations uh, take place, it's the only time the parties get to, of course, fix or remedy some issues in the collective agreement. Um, 
there's no magic as to how they're going to get there, but I do believe that they, would, they did both sides did a, a tremendous amount of work to, of course, um, review their list of demands, and I know they have made some progress in whittling that down. Of course, there's still um, uh, um, uh, uh, still a number of demands they're going to have to, of course, sit down and put their mind as to how they're going to um, uh, solve them. So the challenge, of course, is um, how much movement that may happen, and one thing may trigger um, a resolve to, to two or three other things in, in, in the talks, and then there's progress being made. But once the momentum starts building, uh, the end result is the party's got to drive it to ensure they can get there. Um, it's not unusual that talks could be this long. Um, I can tell you the, the, the public sector as a whole uh, they've been out of, uh, without a collective agreement for quite some time, in some case right now four years, and those parties are still talking as to how they're going to, to negotiate that. And the new government, of course, are trying to ensure that when they resume bargaining uh, in the fall uh, with the federal public sector, that um, they will try to move it as quickly along as they can. So these are not necessarily unusual, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, it's, it's, these are complex issues. Both sides want to ensure that um, they don't miss the opportunity to fix whatever they, they've identified as an irritant in a collective agreement. But it does require a great deal of care to ensure that what you're attempting to fix does not, of course, um, make the problem that you wanted to fix uh, worse. And more, more sides, both sides have to do it with eyes open. Um, and I think that um, the challenge is sometimes is that uh, some of these things are very, very difficult. You know, um, pay equity is one issue that's come up in the set of bargaining. And yes, between very, uh, the rural carriers and the urban carriers, yes. And that's a very important issue, of course, for the many women who work in the rural sector of the uh, post office. And um, the party's going to have to find a way as to how they're going to um, resolve that because the union is quite determined. Uh, they want to have uh, the issue of pay equity dealt with, and um, I think they're going to have to devise the mechanism. How they're going to examine, of course, the classification, the job rates, and, and do the necessary study that's going to require to get them there. And these are not um, uh, um, simple things. They're a little bit more complex than normal. And, but Hassan, just before we, you know, we move on from this discussion about the negotiations, what's unique about this situation is that Canada Post is becoming less and less relevant to Canadians, different from other situations, other bargaining situations where that dynamic hasn't changed. Both sides must be very conscious of the fact that fewer and fewer people are using mail delivery uh, with the Internet becoming widely accepted? Well, there is a, I think I could tell you, uh, both the union and and the corporation recognize that this business will evolve into uh, uh, package delivery and other things that, of course, they've got a great network they can use. And I think the parties have been very um, committed. That has to be the future because it, it based on what you said, very few people are still getting mail these days. But mm-hmm. the reality is they're trying to figure that out, and these sets of negotiation is, is of course, at, at, the timing is critical. they got to figure that out, and more importantly, I think they have to commit as to what this business is going to look like, this business model going forward. The union also has a, a proposal uh, regarding about postal banking, and the government is doing a review themselves as to how they're going to restore door-to-door delivery. And what else can the Post be doing? At some point, all of these things can impact on these negotiations currently. So there is a recognition uh, by the union, by the way. This business is evolving and changing, and they, of course, want to uh, work 
with the corporation and the government to ensure the things and what they'll be doing in the future will ensure their members are going to have jobs uh, working for Canada Post. Right. Hassan, those comments are going to lead us right into the second part of our conversation. I thank you for your time. Wonderful. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be on. Take care. Hassan Youssef, President of the Canadian Labour Congress. Now, Professor Ian Lee at Carleton University's Sprott School of Business wrote a study, an extensive study called Is the Check Still in the Mail? Arguing that it does not make sense to continue door-to-door mail delivery in this country. Let me read to you the introduction to Professor Lee's executive summary. In the past, neither snow, nor rain, nor heat, nor gloom of night could keep postal workers from their appointed rounds. So goes the famous quote carved on the main post office in New York City. But it is the Internet, not the elements, that will force dramatic changes to Canada Post Corporation and soon. The end is in sight for a form of communication that dates back to the system of horses and riders that crossed the Persian Empire in a week and evolved into the mighty crown corporation that spans this nation. Professor Lee is on the line with us now. Do you believe, Professor Lee, there is no place at all for mail delivery by Canada Post in this country? Um, I, I think that within approximately 10 years, uh, mail delivery, as we have understood it for 150 years, will cease to exist. All we have to do, for those of your listeners that find this very strong, talk to your children and your grandchildren. Ask them a simple question. Granddaughter, when was the last time you wrote a letter to anybody? Not, not an email, not a text, not using social media, not Twitter, a physical letter using a physical piece of paper and a physical pen with physical ink in a physical envelope that you physically carry to the post office. And anybody who deals with young people, and I teach every year some 250 students a year who are the most digital, digital savvy people in, in the world, you will quickly realize that the future of the post office as we know it, a carrier of letters, is dead. That does not mean the post office is dead. It is reinventing itself as the uh, a delivery arm of e-commerce, which is exploding in Canada, parcel delivery. But the traditional model, and, and I listened to Hassan, he's a very fine individual, but I think his comments revealed he does not really existentially, and the labor union movement does not existentially understand what is really going on. They're talking about um, home delivery when mail volumes physical volumes of mail are collapsing. A third of the physical mail delivered to the door has vanished in the last six years, and they're talking about bringing back mail delivery. Mail delivery of what? Mail volumes that are collapsing and vanishing and disappearing. They're talking about postal banking, which was phased out by Pierre Trudeau in the first administration in 1969 because there was no demand in 1969. What do you think? This government is going to spend billions. Professor, I want to know what our, our Zoomer radio listeners think about your comments. They, they are intriguing. They are insightful. Uh, but there may be uh, opposing opinions out there, especially from the older generation to whom we speak at Zoomer sure. Radio. 416-360-0740, Let's go to the phones. Brian in East York, what do you think about mail delivery in Canada and its relevance? Go ahead, Brian. 
I think we're having trouble connecting, Brian. So we'll, we'll continue our conversation with Professor Lee. What about our older generation, which still enjoys the process of writing letters and paying bills in the mail? This is one of the urban legends, one of the great urban legends that have been put forward that our older people, and by the way, I'm 63 and a half. So I'm not a spring chicken. And the idea that us older people are a bunch of doddering, grueling old fools that can't turn on a computer, let alone type on the keyboard, is a crude and an inaccurate stereotype. I've got the data from the CRTC that shows the gap between elders and non-elders in terms of Internet usage. The gap used to be significant 10 years ago. It's almost vanished. That is to say, elders are using email and electronic communications, electronic banking, with almost at this almost the same rate as the non-elder population. So it's one of those urban legends. Secondly, when you look at things like let's look at payments, old age pension checks, Canada pension checks, and so forth, 98 percent, according to Service Canada, are now deposited digitally, electronically, online to these seniors that apparently are unable to use online banking of any kind. So it's not true that elders are not are still writing letters. It's not supported by the data that shows that mail volume, volumes, not to forget the dollars, the number of letters written every year declines every year by 5 to 6 to 7% a year. One-third of the post office has vanished in the last five, six years, and in another five years, another quarter or 25% of the volumes will vanish. By somewhere around 2025, there's going to be preciously few letters delivered in this country. Okay, now we're ready to get to the phones. Brian in East York, what would you like to say on Fight Back today? Uh, well, first of all, I, I don't agree with them uh, not uh, making deliveries anymore. That's how I get all my bills sent to me. I'm not privileged enough to have uh, them emailed or anything like that. I actually don't even have a computer. But uh, my uh, main concern is, number one, is how many employees are there with the post office? And uh, when they all lose their jobs, as we know, anybody who works is naturally paying taxes. So there you got all that tax money. Uh, who's going to make up for that? Okay, let's uh, get to the professor. There are 51,000 postal workers across the country. Yeah. Uh, how do you address Brian's concerns? I dealt with that in my report as the check in the mail, using, again, publicly sourced data from the annual audited financial annual report tabled in the Parliament of Canada, accessible by anybody. And what it showed is Canada Post has an amazingly, a very... Older average age workforce. About half the workforce is going to be gone in less than 10 years. They are losing people through attrition like crazy because the average age is well into their 50s, and they can accommodate these changes as they reinvent themselves as a courier company delivering parcels through attrition because they have such an aged workforce. And so to answer the question, how are we going to fund these people? They simply go into retirement and they go into pension. Okay, we've got a whole a slew of callers here who want to weigh in on the relevance of Canada Post. Professor, we'll just ask you to hang on there. Uh, we'll take a quick break and then back to your phone calls, 416-360-0740, 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host 
Jane Brown. We've certainly struck a nerve with you about Canada Post. A bunch of calls to get to here quickly before we have a nice visit with our Ontario Pharmacists Association trusted contributor, Billy Chung. Uh, Liz in Tottenham, what do you think about the relevance of Canada Post? Go ahead. Well, I I don't think it's right to uh, put Canada Post out of business because... uh, what about the, the older people that can't afford or don't know how to use a computer? Or the poor people, like myself. I get all my mail in the mail because I don't have a computer and can't afford one. And then we have to pay the Internet in order to get anything. And what about Christmas cards? Like, people get Christmas cards in the mail. Like, I wouldn't. And I'm sure I'm not the only one in the world. Liz, I, I hear you. I, I've got a bunch of callers to get to, and I certainly concur with the Christmas cards. I actually still send them myself. Ken in Orangeville, go ahead. Yes, uh, I prefer to get my uh, mail, things through the mail. However, within the last month or so, the uh, post office has decided that arbitrarily some of the letters are returned to the sender. I can't figure out why or whatever, so I don't know whether I'm actually getting mail or not getting mail. So as far as I'm concerned, if they go out and strike, at least I know I'm not getting mail. (laughs) This is true. Tina in St. Thomas, what would you like to add to the conversation about Canada Post as we wait to hear if there is a negotiated settlement between the union and the Crown Corporation? Go ahead. Yes, I still... uh like to get my bills we we like to get our bills in the mail and we still do our banking in the bank and and, and get our mail or at least i get my checks in the mail still so um i don't agree with uh, that everybody uses a computer and Lori from toronto i'll let you have uh, the last call on the topic before we hear a final word from professor ian lee go ahead Lori. go ahead okay i think we've She's not paying attention. So we'll get back to the professor from Carleton University who wrote the study, Is the Check Still in the Mail? Your comments, your um, your reaction to some of the callers we've had today. I'm, I'm, I'm sensitive to the fact that change is difficult and there's people that are, you know, they've known the post office all their life. It's always been there. But there's a lot of things that are changing. I, I grew up with uh, my father used to have 78 and a third playing record, 78 playing records in the house, and I had 33s. I say that to young people today, and they just look at me like I'm a dinosaur from the from the 10th century of B.C. And what I'm trying to say is things change. We used to have home delivery of milk, milk, to the door in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, and even into the 50s. Even but into we the 60s. Anymore. We don't yeah. milk. Yeah, no, I remember, yeah, I remember so it well. Is, this, is, yeah, this is just part of the ongoing technological change that's going on in our world. And... Actually, I think that the electronic communication is vastly more efficient because, it, in fact, people write to complain to me about my views. And the first thing I do is write back and say, well, if you believe so strongly in writing letters, why are you sending me an email to complain <laughs> about my views? Why didn't you write me a letter and send it in the post office? Well, there's it some shows uh, the efficiency of communications of email. Right. There, there's some irony. Maybe, you know, as we as we phase out mail delivery and with respect to the older Canadians, as you say, it's probably going to be 2025 20, before it becomes completely irrelevant. So maybe with that in yeah. mind, we can bridge the needs of Canadians depending on their age. 
Absolutely. I think that that's what we need to do is really bridge it. And the younger people don't use the post office. I ask my students every year. They don't even think about the post office. They don't use it. Whereas they do understand some older people have not transitioned as quickly or as easily to computers. And so we may need a special phase in just for for the for that segment of the population uh, as we transition to this fully digital uh, economy and digital society. And maybe when the millennials are our age, uh, Professor, they'll they'll tell their kids, you know, there was actually a day when when we wrote things on paper and they were delivered door to door. Absolutely true. My my students are so digital; it's unbelievable. They do everything on their cell phone. I don't just mean talk and send text messages. They do their banking. They book tickets to concerts. They order products online. They live in the digital world, the digital universe. And that that's the world that we are living in. I mean, and the government's going to e-government as we speak, where they're stopping publishing physical documents anymore. They're putting everything online on the web, including the budget of the government of Canada. Professor, I've enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks very much. Professor Ian Lee at Carleton University's Sprott School of Business, who wrote the study, Is the Check Still in the Mail? You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.